for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll take a break from some Bay Area focused sports and we'll go to the national stage. Even bigger than that, the pay per view stage, maybe the international stage with UFC President Dana White, who joins me today to talk about UFC 263, which goes down in Glendale, Arizona this Saturday. Should be a fun one as Israel Adesanya steps back down into the middleweight division to take on Marvin Vittori in the second time these two have fought. They did meet each other back in 2018, ironically, in Glendale, Arizona. We'll talk to Dana White about the fight this Saturday, as well as their plans to grow the UFC globally as far as Africa. They're talking as soon as 2022 or 2023. All things we can talk about with UFC President Dana White, who joins me next. Today is Friday, June 11th. It's my pleasure to welcome Dana White, the president of the UFC, to the update. We'll be talking some MMA today and, of course, UFC 263 this weekend. Dana, welcome to the update. How are you, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm excited, dude. Uh, throughout the pandemic, man, it was tough being a sports fan, being a sports talk radio host. I was betting and gambling on NASCAR, man. I'm out here rooting for Clint Boyer until you guys got things going again. So uh, it's great to have you guys back, man. And uh, how was that, man? How was how was navigating the pandemic uh, going from ring size to ring size, city to city, trying to figure out how to get things going again? It was obviously, you know, the hardest thing that I've ever done. But at the same time, it was very challenging and fun, as, as sick and twisted as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. And, and you, you've created new fans, I think. My girlfriend's one of them, man. She's all upset DC's not fighting anymore. She's like, that's all I got is a couple of DC fights. So uh, we'll see what happens there, man. 263 this Saturday should be a lot of fun. We'll get into the details in just a minute. Adesanya uh, versus Vittori, too. Wanted to ask you about putting together rematches like this. They haven't fought in a few years. Ironically, back in, I think it was 2017 or 18, the last time they fought and out in Glendale, Arizona. What goes into scheduling a rematch fight like this? Adesanya moves up. He's coming off a loss. Vittori's won five in a row. Fight obviously means something different to each fighter. They're also, I mean, you've got one guy trying to win a title, one guy trying to retain the title and also prove that he's still the top of his weight class. What goes into uh, to scheduling some sort of a rematch like this one? Yeah, I don't think there's any question that Adesanya is the baddest middleweight in the world. Marvin Vittori, you know, when they fought like three years ago, you know, was obviously a lot greener, and so was Israel. So they're two totally different fighters now. But uh, Israel Adesanya is the king of the middleweight division, and Vittori is trying to become the first ever Italian uh, world champion in UFC history. I'm glad you mentioned that. I was looking at the champions and, and running through the weight class this year. I count two of the current 11 champions being American-born. The global game, as far as MMA and UFC has gone, has been exceptional, and I want to get into some of that in just a couple of minutes, but uh, how big of that is a focus for you? I mean, you get an Italian champion here. This has got to be huge to get people behind this. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, it's one of those things, as, as, as the sport has continued to grow and the UFC has continued to go in all these different markets, like uh, New Zealand and Australia. Right. I mean, right. when we started over there, we had Elvis Sinisic, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now the country is stacked with talent. You have... A champion, you know, we've had Whitaker, who was a world champion. We have Volkanovski, who's a world champion. And then you got Adesanya, you know, who's a world champion out of New Zealand. So that place exploded, and that's what happens when we go into these different markets. Yeah, born in Nigeria and fighting out of New Zealand, which is it's just pretty cool. And you're right, it's become a global game, which has now opened up the opportunities for you guys to fight all over the world, though this one being fought in Glendale, Arizona. All bouts going to be streamed on ESPN Plus in English and Spanish prelims. Get going uh, 3 p.m. Pacific time for us out here, afternoon fights out here in the Bay Area. I was going to ask you about that, too. When are you coming back to the Bay, man? We need you out here in San Francisco or in Oakland. I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen you guys. Uh, I know you were out here for a, uh, a Spider 
Connor Silva and a I'm trying to think who he might have fought back in 2010 over in Oakland. But I think it was Chael Sonnen. That's right. You guys yeah. coming back soon? So, you know, obviously I'm only going to places that are open 100%. So yep. once everything becomes open, we'll start traveling everywhere again. I like that, man. I like that you're uh, you're trying to hit the different fan bases here from all over. Back to the card on Saturday. Another rematch. And I'm, I'm loving that you guys are doing these sort of a super fight cards, right? 261, maybe one of the best nights of UFC I can remember as far as Shevchenko. You get the the great Usman fight against Masvidal. Rose Namajunas takes the belt back. Uh, that was fantastic, uh, I thought, that night. Is this like part of the plan going forward, or is it just happening to fall on these dates, multiple title fights on one night? Yeah, it, it all depends on who's where and what's going on at that time. But, yeah, I mean, we always want to come in with a, with a, with a stacked – crazy card that, that people are excited about. Figueredo Moreno is this fight. They fought to a draw back in December. Now, sort of same question here. Like, I remember in that draw, Figueredo had a point taken from him for a groin shot or something in the middle of that fight. They went five rounds, goes to decision. I imagine some of these fights just sort of schedule themselves. Is this an obvious one based on a going to decision? No brainer. Not, not just because it went to decision. It's one of the greatest fights anybody's ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that fight is the best flyweight fight ever. And, uh, <laughs> You know, the thing ends in a majority draw. So, yeah, that, that was that was an easy one. Yeah, that's fun, man. When you get people saying, you have fight of the night, that's an easy one for me. So then I look at, at like, another situation that went down this week where Paulo Costa comes to you and he's like, hey, man, I need to make more money. You're like, hey, man, you, you, you got beat badly by Adesanya on what was a performance of the night. What's your reaction to somebody like that who says, I should be getting a fight? And you're like, hey, man, you got to earn that opportunity again. 100%. I mean, that's it. So, you know, you either want to fight or you don't. If you do... Let's go. We're ready to roll. If you don't, then, then, you know, do your thing. Main card gets going at 7 p.m. ESPN pay-per-view on uh, on Saturday night. That's, of course, 7 p.m. Pacific for us out here in the Bay Area. You got another big name on the card, man, Nate Diaz. Whenever the Diaz brothers fight out here in the Bay Area, especially being from this area, it's always a big deal. I want to get to Nick in a sec, but Nate's on the card again, man, against Leon Edwards. He is always a draw. What went into this decision uh, about scheduling this fight, and what does the future hold for Nate Diaz, you think? Yeah, Nate Diaz came back and, and wants to fight. You know, these guys always want to fight tough guys. Nate comes back, wants to fight the number three-ranked guy in the world in the welterweight division. So this is an important fight for both guys on Saturday night. What can be the outcome of this? Uh, you know, what's what's the next step? And obviously it's not all in a vacuum here. There there are other dominoes that can fall. What happens beyond this fight if Nate comes out victorious or, or the other way, Leon comes out victorious? Right. So obviously Leon's the number three-ranked guy in the world. Right. Both of right. these guys would be in title contention in the top three, but the number one guy in the world right now is Colby Covington, and uh, him and Usman is one of the greatest fights you'll ever see, too. That rematch has to happen. I'm excited about that one. We'll get to Usman in just one minute. Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz's brother, you'd said in the past, man, that you didn't think that was, he was done. We thought he wasn't coming back, and, and recently I've seen comments from you saying uh, he could fight before 2021 is over. What went into that? And I, and I got a follow-up for you on whether or not he's a superstar. Is this a guy who can still draw, or is he a name that just because he's a Diaz he's going to draw? Is he a superstar fighter? Where does that start for him come back to the UFC? Yeah, we met down in Jacksonville, and uh, you know me, I'm usually very pessimistic when it comes to them fighting. I've been very optimistic since uh, the Jacksonville meeting. So, yes, he's definitely a star. Him and Nate are both stars, and and if we can pull that off this year, you know we will. Is it a tough situation to navigate getting a guy back into the ring like that? I'm not talking about a guy who's been a legend for a long time. I mean, he's been out for, for years, so I'm wondering, you don't want to ease a guy back in. You want to give him an opportunity to fight and show what he's worth and, and what he can do, but is that a tough decision for you to try to find a good matchup for that? Well, I can tell you this. History, you know, if you look through history, they didn't fare well, the guys who took lots of time off. I mean, yep. even Muhammad Ali, 
after three, three and a half years that he took off, never looked the same again. So it's very hard to do. I don't think anybody's ever done it. Yeah, you step away from the ring like that and try to get back into the fight game. Uh, it, it's tough to catch hands to the face and then and then turn right back around and uh, and be the same guy. You mentioned Colby Covington against Kamara Usman. This is one I think everybody wants to see. Usman, I mean, I, like I don't want to say he's underrated or anything, but but I think that that fight at, at 261 really made people aware that this guy is one of the greatest, if not the greatest fighter in this division of all time. Where does this fight take place? When is this going to happen? And I want to get into potentially UFC Africa in 2020 too about growing this game internationally and having an Usman fight or a, an easy fight out that way. Colby and Usman, when does that go down? And then what does the future hold for UFC in Africa? I could not agree with you more. I think that Usman is one of the best ever, and the guy looks better every time he fights. I'm looking very forward to the rematch with him and Colby. I don't know when we'll, we'll get it on. Probably the end of the summer, early fall. And yes, we're looking to go to Africa too. We're looking at probably uh, 23 for Africa, okay. but we're looking at it. Are there other places you're looking at? I mean, we're talking about growing the game and growing the fight game globally. Are there other places that you guys need to go or that you're saying, that's an untapped resource? If we hit that, we're going to get a whole big fan base there. Um, you know, it depends on what happens. Obviously, if uh, we get our first ever Italian middleweight world champion, maybe you do something in Italy. Who knows? I, I mean, it's a, we'll see how this thing plays out. But we're always looking to go into territories that we've never been. Well, I was looking at, uh, at just, you know, Twitter, bouncing around stories and stuff, things to uh, to bounce off of you, and I saw that you did a, a video where you were eating, a, speaking of Italy, you were eating that, that pasta inside of a French roll or something. What was that? What was that, man? I'm not a I'm not a uh, novelty guy like that. It looked good to me. Then you took a bite. You were like, holy crap, man, this thing sucks. <laughs> what yeah. are, you, are you doing? You doing food reviews now, Dana? We do this thing called F It Friday every Friday, <laughs> Yeah, and we eat some kind of weird food that we found on the internet, and... Uh, yeah, that was one of them, and, and that one that one didn't go well. I wasn't I wasn't a fan. <laughs> hey man, you say F and Friday. It's not just you, man. We do it at work too. We do it in the office trying to get out of here. F and Friday every week, man. Uh, Dana, I appreciate the time today. Uh, I know you're talking about getting back to places that are full. June fifteenth, man, right around the corner. They're opening up everything here in California. We're getting full stadiums at the San Francisco Giants games. The 49ers are opening up. Let's get you back here, man. We need to get you at Chase Center in downtown San Francisco. I can't wait, brother. I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate the time today, Dana. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. You too. Great stuff from Dana White there, president of the UFC. Really cool that we have an opportunity to talk to him, and uh, he's come by a couple of times before, so great to have him out here, and we need to get the UFC back out here to the Bay Area. Jumping Joe Lake up at Chase Center. This is this has got your name written all over it, man. Let's get 16, 17, 18,000 people out there watching a UFC fight at Chase Center. would be a blast to get some big fights out here in the Bay Area. Thank you to Dana. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you're listening today, be it right here in the Bay Area or maybe somewhere like Australia or in uh, in Nigeria or, or in Africa, somewhere like the UFC fighters. Uh, anyway, thank you to all of you for listening. Please drop a, a comment down in the comment section if you've got any requests or maybe any uh, reaction to what you heard here today. On Monday, we're going to dive back into the NBA. Obviously, NBA playoff picture, something we can talk about, but also Steph Curry finishing third place in the MVP race. We'll talk to our own Ethan Strauss about what the future holds for Steph Curry and a future potential MVP, as well as what the ratings mean for the NBA playoffs without Steph Curry. All things we can talk about with Ethan Strauss, who joins me on Monday. Until then, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the UFC fights tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.